1: This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. Good love Friday to you and yours from me and Harry Douglas on Freddie and Harry. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app. SiriusXM X and Channel 80. And always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Normally, when somebody talks about going to Cabo, it's a good thing. Unless you're a player of the Milwaukee Bucks, the game before the All Star break, where your team loses the Memphis Grizzlies, the majority of their main players not there, and the Milwaukee Bucks couldn't beat them. Doc Rivers, since he took over the Milwaukee head Milwaukee head coaching job, is now three and seven. But last night, first play, we gamble for the fiftieth time in the corner. Guy drives. Uh, we have to help lead to a three. We come back in this, on our set, two guys forget what we're running. Then we miss the shot, and then nobody gets back. That's how we start out the third quarter. That tells you all you need to know about where our heads were. We had some guys here, and we had some guys in Cabo.
0: Freddie, I said it earlier. We heard Norris Cole bring it up, and I'm going to say it again. Things are going to have to get uncomfortable in Milwaukee. Um, I think that's the point there, or where they are right now at the moment. Um Norris even said, guys can't be laughing and joking. It's okay to have fun, but when it's time to lock in and focus on the task at hand, you don't have room for error to be making mistakes. And now someone else has to help in a different area defensively and now guys are getting wide open looks because you aren't staying consistent within the principles that are now being brought upon you. And then on the offensive end, you can't have guys not knowing what play we're running.
1: I, I agree. Not just one, two. It's one one yeah. thing one guy doesn't know, but two guys not figuring that out, that's that, that's inexcusable as far as that goes. Either, either way, at least they have the all-star break in Cowboy to figure that out if your name's not Giannis Antetokounmpo or Damian Lillard. Let's bring in somebody who knows Doc Rivers pretty well. He's the son of Doc Rivers. You know him better as an ESPN NBA analyst. He is Austin Rivers, played in the NBA for more than a minute, does a great job as an NBA analyst. Hit him on Twitter at AustinRivers25. Austin, your dad, coaching the Bucks, 3-7. and seven. Based on what you've seen, what's gone wrong so far early on with these two being together?
2: Well, I think they're still trying to figure out how to coexist. Um, you know, a lot of that is spacing. You know, some of that is, you know, Giannis knowing where to be when, when when Dame has the ball, and Dame knowing where to be when Giannis has the ball. These are two players who have never been used to playing with one another or a player like each other. You know, Dame has never played with a guy like Giannis his entire career. He's always been one a on his team. Uh, and then suddenly on a drop of a dime, obviously he switches and goes to a team like Milwaukee where he's playing with a guy like Giannis. Um, so that's got to be, you know, an adjustment there. Uh, you know, listen, this is going to take time. This is not something that's going to be fixed overnight. We all saw it with the Clippers and how they started, right, before they started kind of clicking and getting things right. rolling. All it takes is a couple wins, a couple wins in a row. You get that, that, that positivity in the air, the chemistry in the air. Then you kind of find something and start to build. It's hard for me to say what that is. I'm not in that locker room, right? What we can see so far is, you know, defensively, they're still having issues. Um, You know, last night they played a Grizzlies team, which should have been a win. Uh, You know, you're playing against a bunch of guys that, with with no disrespect, these aren't guys that most people are familiar with. This is a team that they should have won in there with their roster, even if they're trying to figure it out and still go out there and get a win. A lot of that is defensive uh, (laughs) issues, you know, defensive issues on which they're having, keeping the ball in front, perimeter defense, I still think is an issue um and then yeah damon Giannis have to figure out a way to be a yin and yang they have to figure out a way to coexist you know whether that's pick and rolls or spacing you know that's something they got to figure out Austin,
0: touch on doc rivers and his ability to be able to handle stars he's coached a magnitude of these type of players what's his greatest attribute when it comes to coaching guys that are either stars or superstars in the nba
2: I think being able to, to reach them and get them to to bring out the best of their abilities. You know, I think that's that's always being as strong suit. When you talk about, you know, DeAndre Jordan or Blake Griffin's best years, a lot of those were under Docs. So when you talk about Paul and Ray, Kevin, that year that they all won, that was under Doc. You know, you talked about, uh, you know, last year, Joel Embiid won MVP. You know, my dad was coaching. Um, not to say these are the reasons why those things happened, but I think he's always been able to push, you know, great players to do great things and have been a motivator and have been someone that players respect enough to where his voice matters in the locker room. This is why he was brought in from Milwaukee. People have a lot of comments to say about my father. They always you know, say negative things, this and that. Some fair, some not fair, mm-hmm. some right, some wrong. The uh, fact of the matter is he's one of the most winning, winning, winningest coaches in basketball, um, and he does have a high respect within the league, and that's why they brought him into Milwaukee because they didn't have that or they felt like they didn't have that with A.J. Griffin. There was no accountability there. There was nobody in the locker room that the guys could huddle around and, and – Voice around what we're seeing right now is that that wasn't the only issue, right? right? So you had the coaching change, and we're still seeing some struggles. So what that tells you is it was more than just the coaching. Is that you know they're having some struggles on the floor coexisting. That that's that those are things that the players have to figure out as well. I think people always put everything on a coach. <laughs> they can only do so much on the sideline. You understand that? You know, You're Bill right. Belichick was one of the greatest coaches ever. As soon as Tom Brady left, the team was a disastrous. It doesn't matter how good the coach is. You gotta have players figure that out and do their part on the floor. He has great players, but right now they have to figure out how to coexist. Mainly Giannis and Dame. You know, those two have to figure out a way to bring the best out of each other without getting in each other's way. You know, even that last play last night where Dame has and he dribbles up the ball and him and Brooke were not on the same page and he runs into him with the ball that was kind of like a symbol of what they've kind of been so far. You know what I mean? They, they've mm-hmm. just not communicated the best. Uh, this isn't I, – I really – I'm not saying this just because he is my father. I don't think this is a doc issue. This is a Bucs issue. Right. He's been brought in to help fix this. But this is going to take more than just him. It's got to start on the floor, too, with the players.
1: Great stuff by Austin Rivers, played in the NBA, does a great job. as an ESPN NBA analyst. him on Twitter at Austin Rivers 25 joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. You talk about fits because a lot of people wondered about that with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I said, well, that's just ridiculous. Both of these guys are terrific together. We haven't heard any of that kind of conversation with Boston having the best record in the NBA. Why are we not hearing enough of a conversation about Jason Tatum being involved in the MVP conversation?
2: I think we'll start to see that. I think people were kind of looking for another name to throw in that mix. It's been the usual suspects the last three years, right? We've had three foreign players pretty much dominate the NBA in terms of the MVP race. It's either a name named Giannis Either Embiid or it's Jokic. Those are the only three guys who have seriously been in contention of this award. So, trust me, it'd be nice to get a guy from over here to, <laughs> to, to, to get in that conversation. Um, and none, none better than Jason Tatum. You know what I mean? He's a guy who's been at the head front of one of the most powerful teams in the in the NBA, not just the East. They're headed there again, number one seed in the East. Um, he's got to put himself in that conversation. I think it's about time. We have a responsibility to talk. We always talk about the future. Dylan today, so is that out. So now you have Jokic, and then like well, who's that next guy? You know, I think you could put Shea Alexander in there, and I think you could put Donovan Mitchell in there, and I think you could put Jason Tatum in there. These are all names that I, I would personally in the MVP race, looking at Cleveland success, looking at what Shea Alexander has done in OKC this year, putting that team on his shoulders, even though they have young talent still. They're having a huge year with his success, and then obviously Donovan Mitchell as well. So I think there's a variety of names other than even Jason Tatum as well that you can put into that, like, MVP race for sure.
0: So I want to talk about the number one seed in the West, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and also the Oklahoma City Thunder. If you're looking at both of those teams through a lens of your eyes, who are you picking to be more successful during playoff time? Who do you believe in more?
2: Uh, to, to be more successful in playoff time, I'd, I'd have to go with uh, I have to go with Timberwolves, okay. um, just due to a depth from depth, their size uh, in the fr- in the front court and back court. Whereas OKC still struggles in that, I really thought OKC at the trade deadline should have tried to make a move for someone like Andre Drummond. I know they did get a little bit of size and they got you know Gordon Hayward. I would have liked them to go get like a real big, mm-hmm. like like Andre Drummond, someone who can really help Chet down there. Um, but just in terms of their whole makeup, uh, you got a vet point guard and Michael Conley, Anthony Edwards. Uh, Jana McDaniel's. You got guys like then uh, their size down low, but Rudy Gobert again more experience. Uh, Carlton Towns more playoff experience. They have guys who have been in the playoffs. They've they've been huddling around that like playing range the past couple of years. We clearly see that they are making a move this year. If we're talking about postseason success, I love OKC and I think they will have a splash this year. But I think their years are really to come next year and the following years. I think if we're talking about this 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 postseason, is in right now? I think the T Wolves are. The main team uh, to watch out for in terms of these up and young, you know, up and coming young teams. I think they're a team that can make a push to the conference finals and really surprise somebody. Uh, they're dangerous. They're long. They're athletic. They have size. Uh, they have experience. Uh, and then their best player is, is must see TV as too as Anthony Owens.
0: Now, Austin, the last time I was in studio with you on Get Up, you've been working on your That Boy Bad move? You've been working on
2: it? <laughs> I try, man. I'm trying to loosen the hips. <laughs> yeah, that, that, it's all in the hips is what I've seen from you on TV. So I'm trying, I'm trying to you know, do some, some yoga, some, some Pilates. That way, next time I'm in the studio, you know, my tight suits aren't are, are restricting me. You feel me? <laughs>
1: I'm just getting a visual right now. You and Harry, Austin, doing that right now. Uh, and it's just, and it's just warming my heart just thinking about that right now.
2: Yeah, no, I, we, we, I want you to picture me in the living room uh, where everyone else is just minding their own business, and I'm over here thrusting my hips in the air for no reason.
1: <laughs> oh man! Uh, Austin Rivers, ESPN NBA analyst, here on Freddie Harry and Harry on ESPN Raider. Real quick, Caitlin Clark breaking the NCAA women's hoop scoring record. And now Pete Maravich is in her sight for her to be the all-time scorer when it comes to college basketball. You know what it's like being having all that attention. You're the number one recruit coming out of high school before you signed with Duke. What does it say about Caitlin Clark, especially more than ever before, where that pressure is going to be enormous, but yet it has not taken away the joy and happiness that we see each and every night when she's on the court for Iowa?
2: Man, you know what? I'm so happy, you know, not only just for her, but just for a game of basketball for, 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 for women, right? You're having a woman who's really bringing, even because, I mean, we all see it, right? You see on Instagram, you see how people comment negative stuff. Every time we talk about women's basketball specifically, people always have something nasty to say. And with this girl, there's nothing you can say. There's no, denying nothing. She's so box office. Yeah. She's bringing attention and awareness to not only her sport, but just the game of basketball in general. Um, what she's doing is, is incredible. You know, we got a female Steph Curry out here. Everybody keeps talking about Steph and Sabrina. I want to see Steph and Caitlin. You know, that, that That's a shootout yeah. that I really want to see, right? But, yeah. uh, no, I think it's really dope what she's doing. I'm excited to see her at the next level, uh, you know, in the WNBA as this game continues to evolve. And it's not just her, Juju as well. Juju's a stud. Mm-hmm. She's a freshman yep. uh, out here putting up some real numbers as well. So the game is in good hands. You can see it evolving before our eyes, uh, the women's and men's game. But I think more so if we're talking about the woman, you know, Caitlin Clark is a pioneer of that she's just got to keep doing what she's doing. It seems like she has all the right energies for postgame press conferences. She's always saying the right stuff. Doesn't seem big headed. It uh, just seems like she's just more thirsty for more success. You could see this, this is someone who wants to carry the game further, especially at the highest level in the WNBA. So I'm excited to see her do that.
0: So, Austin, last one I have for you. When you look at what Caitlin Clark is doing in women's basketball, but you look over at the men's side and you don't have that staple player like, you know, we had over the, the last, what, 50, 60 years, what do you say to a, a viewer that's watching the men's game, but he's also missing that Caitlin Clark or that Juju Watkins in men's college basketball? Yeah.
2: You know, it's tough because women right now are making more, especially when we're talking about college sports. Caitlin Clark, you know Haley Van Lee, you know Angela Reese. These girls are making more money playing in college. They, yep. They're making more money staying in college. Whereas any talented player we get, if they're a number one asset, they don't even not last in NTA men's basketball for six months. You know, I mean, they're going they're going straight to the league, or they're going overseas, then coming to the league, or they go to the G League Unite. So we've lost a lot of that like nostalgia of like that heavy NTA basketball that I grew up watching. Yep. You know, me growing up watching the. The, the Big East dominate men's basketball, college basketball, and the ACC network was huge. in the Big 12 and these two-year players, three-year players, that really started to change when that one-and-done train started moving. Now every top player goes to college. They, they're going right to the league, whereas female uh, college sports, a lot of these girls are staying in college. Mm-hmm. College basketball for, females, uh, for women is way more enjoyable than watching the men yeah. due to the fact that their stars stay and play. Every star that we get, they're, they're quick to go to the league. You know, I know I was one of them. You know, I was in college for six, seven months. I wasn't talking about coming back to Duke to go to class. I was trying to go to the league. Wow. So you got some of these individuals trying to do, you know, everyone's obviously trying to make some money and, and do the best thing for their family and achieve their dreams and goals. It's just the landscape is so different now, especially with this NIL money. You know, you've got a lot of these young guys, you know, making money already in high school. Then they get to college, and now they're already thinking themselves as professionals because their paychecks say so. And the guys are ready to go to the league. You know, whereas women's sports, these girls are staying in college, getting paid to do so because the market's bigger there, and they're dominating. Thus Their game is really evolving. And, like, the branding of college basketball for women is just – it's its growing at a faster pace than, than men's is. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're seeing the decline. Uh, name a guy right now who's must-see TV in NCAA men's basketball. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah. We, we struggle. Yeah, we, we
0: struggle.
1: Because, we can't. Austin, to your point, Zach Eadie plays at Purdue – and knowing a guy is seven foot three and has those kind of numbers, he's on everybody's lips. You can barely hear about him, and he plays for the number two team in the country. Austin.
2: Yep, exactly, exactly. And and, and we're and it's it's a huge change because like we're growing up, you know, watching the men's basketball man. And I I remember turning on the TV and like seeing college stars man. Like I grew up watching really good players go for two, three, four years. Sometimes mm-hmm. they didn't even go to the league; they just dominated college basketball and went somewhere. I, I grew up watching. Scotty Reynolds and and all these guys and these players and these players and these guys who stayed in college for a long time, even Jeff Green, guys who went to college for multiple years. The, the college basketball was such more, was so more competitive. I think in just in terms of star power, uh, players staying longer, having you know the you know the brand of NCAA men's basketball was so high still. You know where I feel like we've seen a huge drop off, huge drop off where the women's is continuing to rise due to their players staying multiple years. It's just the dynamic's completely different. It's very hard to do. I mean, that's why college men's basketball, you know, I don't want to say it's not interesting because it's definitely interesting, but it's, it's not the same as yeah. it was. Wow. Whereas women, we're seeing all these stars stay in college for two, three years, make some money, and then they go pro. Well, with the NBA, we're not seeing that at all. So you, you're going to lose all that. You're going to lose that. You know, you got the top players aren't even going to, to some of them don't even go to college. They, they go <laughs> to the G League or they go overseas and, and make money that way. You know, they got the overtime league, they got all different types of leagues now. So it's like, we're seeing all of our talent on the men's side diluted. Wow. And that it's definitely, hurt, it's definitely hurt men's basketball, college basketball. And, again, it is what it is. I'm not an advocate to say kids shouldn't go to the league. I was one of them, so I'd be being a hypocrite. But it comes with a cost for sure. You know, NCAA men's basketball is not the same as women's.
1: Great, great stuff by Austin Rivers. Played in the NBA, understands the NBA, does a great job as an analyst for ESPN. Hit him on Twitter. Great file, Austin Rivers 25. Great stuff by him joining us here on Freddie and Harry. Can't wait to talk to you soon, Austin. Take care and keep working on that, that boy bad dance, okay?
2: Got you, man. It's all in the practice.
3: <laughs> <laughs> See what you created, <laughs> Harry
1: Douglas? <laughs> you, get, you even got poor Austin Rivers saying, I got to work on my game just to make y'all sure get embarrassed standing next to you doing that on Get Up, man. See what you created, the monster that you have started, Harry Duggs, when it comes to that.
0: Well, we have one person we have to work on, Tim Houselback. We we need Tim Houselback to get a little bit of pizzazz in him. So we, we're working on Tim next.
1: Yeah, you can forget it.
0: <laughs>
1: I, I, I love Tim. Tim does a great job when he hang out with you guys talking football. But Tim doing something like that, bro, you can forget it. <laughs> you got a better chance of me going back to school. Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that he wouldn't try or they hasn't thought about it, but Tim is like, I am not going to be a meme. If I go out there. Well, that's
0: and, what he told me. That's what he told me. He yeah. was like, I don't, I don't want to get on and embarrass myself. Mm-hmm. And then next thing yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I'm a mean. That's yeah. exactly what he said to be- me. Because he will be quickly, <laughs> immediately,
1: without fail. Don't forget NBA All-Star Weekend. The All-Star Weekend happening this weekend in Indianapolis. Stay from All-Star Saturday night. We'll come your way with radio coverage presented by Indeed. Tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern time, on most ESPN radio stations. So you heard what Austin Rivers had to say. Play the Duke. Went to the NBA as a first-round pick, played in the NBA for more than a minute, now an ESPN NBA analyst in terms of a Caitlin Clark storyline happening in men's college basketball. He doesn't believe that's going to happen. He believes those days are over. What about you at Triple H, say ESPN, that is 888-729-3776. Will we ever see a Caitlin Clark storyline again, like we're seeing in women's basketball but not seeing in men's basketball? We'll share our thoughts and hear from you at 888-729-3776. It's Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman, and this is ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast.
3: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight s-a-v-e go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you again try jet's signature eight corner pizza and get five dollars off with code eight save that's the number eight s-a-v-e jet's pizza better because it has to be
1: He's Harry Douglas, and Freddie Coleman, together on the Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series XM Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker, they'll play ESPN Radio. College basketball action will be happening tomorrow as Alabama will host Texas A&M. It is presented by Robin Hood, and covers begins at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. But the story in the college basketball glory is Caitlin Clark of Iowa. Last night, she comes into last night's game versus Michigan needing eight points to break the mark previously set by Kelsey Plum when she played for Washington from 2013 to 2017. She had 23 points in the first quarter. Even Dawn Staley, South Carolina head coach, after they beat Tennessee, and she heard by Caitlin Clark, she, she had how much in the first quarter? She was, whoo, dog, <laughs> dang, that's all she could say. Even she was speechless. Caitlin Clark wound up with 49 points. Her career points total is now up to 3,569. She had 13 assists, first Division One women's basketball player to reach 3,000 points and 1,000 assists. Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst. When he's on Sportsman like with Evan Cohen, Chris Canty, and Michelle Smallman this morning, he says, Caitlin Clark is the most entertaining basketball player. Male, female. Doesn't
0: matter. It's hard to even put into words how dominant she is in the sport. For me personally, she's probably top five most entertaining basketball player I've ever watched, NBA included. And I've got some that are just like iconic to me that changed the course of my life. Larry Bird being probably at the top of that list. I put Caitlin Clark in that category with a Steph Curry for me, a Caitlin Clark. I could watch her play every single night.
1: Anytime you can go on the opposing home floor and they set attendance records. That has happened seven different times with Caitlin Clark in the road uniforms going to play in somebody else's building, and that building was sold out and it set a new attendance record. That's happened seven times this year with Caitlin Clark. Tim Legler knows exactly what that means.
0: Freddie, That only happens for people that we deem as iconic, game changers, superstars, And for fans to get an opportunity to watch her play at the highest level and, you know, garnish this record, it's a thing of beauty for those people. They're lucky. Right, because yeah. not many people have the luxury to be able to witness history, and that's what K- Caitlin Clark uh, exemplified last night. Now, uh, a player in, in in men's basketball who who holds the most points all time is Pistol Pete Maravich, and he has three thousand six hundred sixty-seven. I believe Clayton, K- Caitlin Clark is going to shatter that mm-hmm. because she still has a lot of basketball left to play. And then when she can just you know score forty-nine like is going to the park and playing on the playground. Uh, I firmly believe she's going to be able to do that within four or five games, probably three to five games easily. Uh, But Pistol Pete didn't have a three-point line, so that's a story for another day. Mm -hmm. But for her, man, the way she approaches the game, the attention, the detail – the way she loves the game, also loves her teammates. She's not just a scorer, ladies and gentlemen. She's an all-around basketball player. She's she's had 14 games this season where she's had 10 assists or more. So yeah. she's playing within the confines of the offense. But when you have range the way she does, and she broke that record in less than three minutes last night. Yeah. Remember before we left yesterday?
1: I said that was going to happen under the five-minute timeout. <laughs> I didn't think that soon.
0: I said, uh-uh. Not the way she could. She just pulls up from me anywhere. And her confidence in her game and the time that she put in, yeah. it shows. Not just one night, not just this night, but it shows every night that she steps out there. But the fact that she's able to be level-headed, whether she wins a basketball game, loses a basketball game, breaks a record, NCAA tournament, Regular season game, conference tournament. It also shows you about her upbringing and how she was raised, right as well, to be able to be level headed amongst everything.
1: She even mentioned about her family and also, of course, she would shoot from the logo to break the record. Caitlin Clark understands. Giving thanks and the moment
2: i don't know if you can really script it any better and just to do it in this fashion i'm very grateful i'm very thankful to be surrounded by so many people that have kind of been my foundation and everything that i've done since i was a y- young little girl and i started crying watching that video just because i'm just filled with so much gratitude and love and the way the fa- these fans support women's basketball is so much special is so special and you all knew i was going to shoot a logo three for the record come on now
1: well done caitlin clark well done so will we ever see a caitlin clark storyline again in men's college basketball, you got UConn number one team in the country. Not a lot of people can name any players in the UConn basketball team. You got Zach Eadie playing for number two Purdue. Generally acknowledged to be the best player in division college basketball. He's seven foot three and not getting any kind of headlines compared to what we've seen from other people on the women's side of things in college basketball. Let's hear from you at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Let's go to California. That's the home of Greg. Greg, will we ever see a Caitlin Clark storyline again? In men's college basketball?
2: No, man, it's never going to happen. And just so you guys know, man, you're talking to a freakazoid (laughs) when it came to men's college hoops. You know, North Carolina Duke, it was marked on my calendar. It was an event. Just leave me alone. Let me watch it. We have one year, it was on my anniversary. I said, honey, we'll go to dinner tomorrow night. Uh, UCLA, I used to put my headphones on just to be uninterrupted Mm -hmm. and I'll just tell you man it just ain't like that anymore and and it's kind of sad uh I am getting ready to go to the Pac-12 the last one ever Pac-12 tournament next month so I'm really really looking forward to that but yeah I don't think it will ever ever happen again and that's kind of sad but I do have one thing I would like to say about Caitlin Clark if I could uh and Harry this is homage to you man that girl (laughs) (laughs) Bad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, she is. <laughs> Greg in California for the win on that one. But I love what he said in terms of it's not so much about nostalgia, but when you're used to something in men's college basketball and somebody who grew up in New York City, Big East fan, when the Big East first appeared on the scene, we were like, finally, we got a league of our own. People in the South at the SEC, people in the Mid-Atlantic at the ACC. People in the Midwest had the Big Ten. People out West back then was the Pac-8. But it was just a whole different bunch of the conferences, part of the ECAC. When the Big East came into being, we were like, yes, we got our own league now of Eastern basketball. And those days are long gone because football drives the needle, and that's where the money is going to go. But Greg is spot on, Harry, by saying it really stinks that there will not be a Pac-12 anymore. Yep. The days of UCLA and USC and Oregon and Washington and all those schools – Going to different places than the Big Twelve or in the Big Ten, in the case of Washington State and Oregon State, going to the Mountain West. Not trying to be the old man in the lawn, but things were definitely a lot better then because the basketball was terrific, the storylines were great, and guys stayed for two, three, and four years to make the sport even better.
0: Freddie, for me, growing up, I wore number fifteen in basketball because of Vince Carter. Mm -hmm. And then, lo and behold, my brother gets to play for Vince Carter, and I get to tell him that story. And and I'm making him feel like he's the old guy. But, you know, from the Fab Five days and watching Mm -hmm. Jawan Howard, Chris Webber, Jalen Rose, and those guys do their thing. Jimmy King,
1: yeah, and Ray Jackson. yeah, Mm
0: -hmm. Right, to the Duke and North Carolina rivalry. I remember uh, now – I wasn't married and had no anniversary and nothing I had to celebrate, but I remember mm-hmm. making sure that I was in front of that TV when Duke and North Carolina played. Absolutely. I remember Big East basketball in my days at Louisville, and it was a thing of those teams, and it was the best conference, and, and Louisville was ranked in the top five amongst those years as well, and it being a dogfight, time in, uh, time out and time in. Yeah. So I, I just don't feel like college basketball is there right now, and mm. it's sad because you have so many life fans Absolutely. that don't view it or not that interested in it like they used to be because you don't have players staying uh, long in college basketball, mm-hmm. nor do you have the star power that we used mm-hmm. to have. Zion I can, the is last the most one. recent.
1: That's the last one. Zion and, and, and that's and when I
0: was like, okay, Duke's on. I got to sit down and, and watch Duke play tonight Yeah, because of a- Zion and also mm-hmm. um, R.J. Barrett. And what was the other shooter name? He got drafted to Atlanta. I can't remember his name right now.
1: You don't remember somebody got drafted to the Atlanta Hawks?
0: He he not with Atlanta
1: anymore? Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish. There you go. I'm here to help you. (laughs) Sometimes you have to help the elderly. Sometimes the elderly can help you.
0: (laughs) Let's just say he didn't do his job. Yes, he did. He did not I don't even
1: remember him. But you, you, you never had a chance that when Duke and North Carolina were, they're both in the top 15 that anybody can name the best player in both of those programs. You can't name the best player in North Carolina right now, which says a lot about college basketball. You can't name the best player on Duke right now, which says a lot about college basketball, because that would have never been the case when Vince Carter was there in North Carolina. No. Or oh, when Christian Layton had played for Duke. You always knew that when those teams were in the top five or top ten, even if they weren't, you knew who the best player on those story programs were.
0: Freddie, I knew who the point guards were. Mm-hmm. Ed Cota and Shaman Williams, man. Mm-hmm. that That's mm-hmm. how big mm-hmm. Carolina Duke basketball was back
1: then. Absolutely.
0: Where you know, even if a player wasn't the star player, you knew who was on the team. Mm-hmm.
1: Same thing with Kentucky. Name the best player in Kentucky right now. Man, so Exactly.
0: <laughs> so 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 no no lie, growing up playing AAU basketball, when Rick Patino was there and how they used to press all the time full oh, court. Yeah. I love our man to man, full court press defense yeah. that my dad was named Kentucky.
1: Mm-hmm. I used to love but, them Because when of he, those days. When he first got there, he didn't have a bunch of talent, but, man, they pressed you all over the floor. Yep. And it just made basketball so much fun to watch. You got a chance to know those players. DJ in Houston at eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Thanks for hitting us up on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. DJ, will we ever see a Caitlin Clark storyline again in men's college basketball?
0: Before jumping in, into that, I got to say two things. I uh, got to give you a flower because I've been listening to you since you know, way back when you was, you know, at night. And a lot of times when I was leaving from DJing, you know, I listened to y'all. You know what I'm saying? So, salute to you. Salute you. to Harry.
2: I'm the same DJ from Wednesday, you know heard I me? Mean? Uh, with the uh, tease, boys and Reed, But anyway, <laughs> no, we're not going to see the men's basketball no more. You know why? Because, man, if these dudes can who, they're going to get their money, bro. They're going to keep it 100. They're going to go get that money. They're going to go to the NBA, uh, uh, wherever that they're going to get that money to, because the NIL is cool.
0: You know that's cool, but come on, man, that ain't no real money. <laughs> Them boys gonna go get that money. It's not happening, bro. <laughs> and and we He's know in lying. the NBA those con- those contracts are guaranteed, especially if you're yeah. a, f- a first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're getting that money. That's locked in.
1: And it's hard to turn away from a multi billion dollar enterprise that is basically let it be known: the more you stay in college, the more they're not probably not going to draft you, or your draft stats is not going to be as high. That you may not be a lottery pick. The younger, the better. When it comes to that NBA mindset right now, that's why the WNBA I believe will continue to flourish because now you're bringing star power to that league. You know about Sabrina Nestle when she played at Oregon. You know about Kelsey Plum when she played at Washington. You know about Angel Reeve when she's going to go to the WNBA. You know about A- Aaliyah from South Carolina. Her name, her last name escapes me right now. Uh, that uh, you knew about her because you saw her, and the same thing with Caitlin Clark. The WNBA knows the star power is going to get there, and hopefully at a certain point, the sales will be more commiserate with the star power that's going to be in your league because you're automatically bringing press and attention. The minute Caitlin Clark gets to the WNBA, you don't have to worry about buying that kind of advertisement. She's the perfect advertisement for you. It's completely different because if you're a one-and-done player, Plenty of guys, like you said, Harry, they're not even going to college. They're like, look, I'll go play for overseas elite or whatever. Yeah, Do that for a year, and then I'll be in the draft. I'll be a top five, top seven pick because the NBA has told them the longer you stay in college, the less of a draftable commodity that you're going to be.
0: Remember Brandon Jennings? Brandon Jennings went yeah. overseas to He's the to first play. one to do that. You're right. And then he came back over here to play in the National Basketball Association. So guys are taking different paths mm-hmm. nowadays, and – uh We got to say it. I mean, it's hurting college basketball at the end of the day. But they have to do what they have to do and what's best for them moving forward in their future.
1: Deanna in Virginia, do you think we'll ever see a Caitlin Clark storyline again in men's college basketball, my friend? Hey, Harry. Hey, guys.
3: Thanks for taking my call. Mm -hmm. I just have one word for Harry. That girl's bad.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yes, she is. Harry, I
3: was going to ask you because I, I called last night. But you should get another segment where it's like, the girl is that girl is bad, like
0: you do for the, um, the boy bad. Because you got Caitlin Clark. You got some other girls that are really good. Don't worry. We got something cooking up. Okay. We
1: got something cooking up. Well, at, I, wish people, I wish Deanna Virginia could have seen your face because your eyebrows got high on one side. <laughs> I could see the smoke coming out of your ears. They just say, oh, don't worry, Deanna. We're going to take care of you because they're not mm-hmm. just going to holler at the Ninos. They're going to holler at the ninjas as well when it comes to that boy bad, that girl bad.
0: Yeah, because the, these wonderful women, they deserve the recognition, especially when they go out there and they ball out and, yeah. you know, they open uh, eyes and turn heads. We got we to gotta be able to, you know, put them on the pedestal that they deserve to be put on.
1: Yeah, and you keep having performances and personalities like that. You don't worry about being put up on a pedestal. They will bring the pedestal to you, especially when it comes to Caitlin Clark and everybody like that. If you did not get through on the phone, you can always hit us up anytime you want on Twitter at Coleman ESPN and at H Douglas eighty three. Will we ever see a Caitlin Clark storyline again in men's basketball? Hit us up on Twitter Coleman ESPN, and at H eighty three. Now, in men's basketball matters, according to the Athletic, the Los Angeles Lakers view this point guard with another team as a viable third star alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis next year. Wait until you hear who the Lakers have their eyes on next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. It is a Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. With Harry Douglas, I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series so X Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas is not going to want to hear this news according to The Athletic's Jovan Buha. Now, Trey Young plays for the Atlanta Hawks. And according to Jovan, the Los Angeles Lakers are going to make him a top target this summer. They believe he can be a third star that they've been looking for. And I quote, the Lakers view him as a guy who can step in and help the group now and do a lot of the things LeBron has been asking for in a ball-handling guard. Also, he bridges the gap to the future as someone who can grow alongside Anthony Davis and who would really be the ideal complement to his game. They see him as a supercharged version of D'Angelo Russell And I think he'll be their top target. End quote. By the way, Trey Young is also represented by Clutch Sports, who represents a guy named LeBron James.
0: Ooh, zesty. You talk about a guy that can shoot the three, but also you can play him off the ball, and if he's going to get open looks, we know Trey Young is going to be able to knock it down. He can create. He can get into the paint. Uh, he can also, like you mentioned, Freddie, be a guy that if when LeBron's done, that could play alongside Anthony Davis. And now if you're the Lakers, you can build your team out with those mm. two guys yeah. being at the forefront of it. I mean, what I hate to see Trey Young go. But also I like to see these guys in situations where they can win at the highest level too, right? And if that means Trey Young um, going to the Los Angeles Lakers, I want to know what the Hawks are getting back. Cause at some point we got to get on a track to where we can Mm -hmm. win in a massive way.
1: Well, right now he signed the, remember he signed a five-year max contract with the Atlanta Hawks worth over $215 million. The length of the contract was from 2022 through 2027. Now for the 2026, 2027, there exists an early termination option that if he wishes he can decide to become a free agent at the end of 2025, 2026 season. To me, that's the most important thing. Not the fact he can become a free agent, but he can't do it until 2025, 2026. Yep. So, what assets are you willing to part with that the Hawks are going to want? It comes back to the same problem the Los Angeles Lakers. You can try to speak it into existence that Trey Young's our top target. If I'm the Atlanta Hawks, I'm thinking, well, what are we, or who are we getting back in return? And if we don't like it, we don't got to trade him. He doesn't have bird rights when it comes to that, where he can dictate exactly where he's going to go. It seems to me this is a lot of setting the ground for the Lakers. Well, He's our top target. And I believe hope that will get back to his ears where he'll say, hey, Atlanta Hawks, maybe our time together needs to be a separation thing and then the Hawks get desperate. That What that seems to me, because they would not give Jovan Buha that kind of information if they didn't want that to get to the ears of a guy like Trey Young and hope that will sway him to think about the Lakers.
0: Well, and Trey Young, I, I think just recently, not too long ago, he bought a, a nice little pad out there in L.A. Okay. So you do have yeah. that, but – I'm interested to see, like, for the Atlanta Hawks moving forward, like what direction, and I'll say we because I'm from Atlanta, that's where I do the show from, and yeah. you know me. <laughs> I'm through and through Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know the direction that the Hawks are going in. And mm-hmm. for me, for it, to, for it to be this late in the season, and for me not to have been at one Hawks game yet. Really? That, wow. That, that says a lot, though, Freddie. Because, you know, normally I'm trying to get to the game. Hey, after the show, I got to go, y'all. You know, last year, like, I haven't been to one game yet. And I can't sit up here and say that I'm eager to get to one.
1: Okay. The one concern I have about Trey Young is his size and building around him. I mean, building my Anthony Davis, yeah, that makes sense. But Trey Young, he's not north of six feet. He's right there on that Trey Young-Mendoza line. And the build around him, even with his star presence, Maybe asking a lot to have him as a part of a centerpiece, no matter what LeBron James decides to do in the future.
0: Well, that's one of the things that I think I won't say majority of Hawks fans, but some, some of Hawk fans, you know, they still feel bitter about the Trey Young for Luka Doncic, mm-hmm. Right? That that trade on draft night. A lot of people felt like you could build more around Luca with the size that he has on him versus a Trey Young. But at the time, it was a Lloyd Pierce. He was the head coach. He was trying to most sort of go for the Steph Curry things because he had came from Golden State and coached under Steve Kerr. Right, So he was going for that Steph Curry uh, small ball type thing. Mm-hmm. And it really – I mean, can't say it didn't work out because right. they went to a conference championship. Absolutely. But the end goal did not happen in Atlanta. and That was to win an NBA championship.
1: You should never draft a guy because you want him to be the second somebody else. You draft a guy because you believe he can be the first somebody for your basketball team and the first somebody for your football team and the first somebody for baseball, hockey, et cetera. If you're making that decision think we believe he can be the next so-and-so – more often than not, those expectations are never going to be met because they're almost impossible to try to get near. Tom Brady said it was going to be an impossibility that he would play for Bill Belichick one more year after doing that for twenty years. We'll find out why next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from three to seven Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel eighty. You can also watch and listen
0: on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.